Welcome to Bible News Press. Our goal is to discuss biblical faith beyond cliches and buzzwords, whether such words are religious or political. Sometimes we sit around the table and fellowship. Sometimes we do a little time travel. It is all part of our journey with our Abba Father, who has given us the key to life. We do it with Jesus, and we do it together. Welcome. Hello, I'm Laura. I will be reading Acts chapter 24 from the World English Bible. After five days, the high priest, Ananias, came down with certain elders and an orator, one Tutulus. They informed the governor against Paul. When he was called, Tutulus began to accuse him, saying, Seeing that by you we enjoy much peace, and that prosperity is coming to this nation by your foresight, we accept it in all ways and in all places, most excellent Felix, with all thankfulness. But that I don't delay you, I entreat you to bear with us and hear a few words, for we have found this man to be a plague, an instigator of insurrections among all the Jews throughout the world, and a ringleader of the sect of the Nazarenes. He even tried to profane the temple, and we arrested him. By examining him yourself, you may ascertain all these things of which we accuse him. The Jews also joined in the attack, affirming that these things were so. When the governor had beckoned to him to speak, Paul answered, Because I know that you have been a judge of this nation for many years, I cheerfully make my defense, seeing that you can verify that it is not more than twelve days since I went up to worship at Jerusalem. In the temple, they didn't find me disputing with anyone or stirring up a crowd, either in the synagogues or in the city nor can they prove to you the things of which they now accuse me. But this I confess to you, that after the way which they call a sect, so I serve the God of our fathers, believing all things which are according to the law, and which are written in the prophets, having hope toward God, which these also themselves look for, that there will be a resurrection of the dead, both of the just and unjust. In this I also practice always having a conscience void of offense toward God and men. Now after some years, I came to bring gifts for the needy to my nation and offerings, amid which certain Jews from Asia found me purified in the temple, not with a mob nor with turmoil. They ought to have been here before you and to make accusation if they had anything against me. Or else let these men themselves say what injustice they found in me when I stood before the council, unless it is for this one thing that I cried standing among them, concerning the resurrection of the dead I am being judged before you today. But Felix, having more exact knowledge concerning the way, deferred them, saying, When Lysias the commanding officer comes down, I will decide your case. He ordered the centurion that Paul should be kept in custody and should have some privileges, and not to forbid any of his friends to serve him or to visit him. But after some days, Felix came with Drusilla, his wife, who was a Jewess, and sent for Paul and heard him concerning the faith in Christ Jesus. As he reasoned about righteousness, self-control, and the judgment to come, Felix was terrified and answered, Go your way for this time, and when it is convenient for me, I will summon you. 
Meanwhile, he also hoped that money would be given to him by Paul that he might release him. Therefore also he sent for him more often and talked with him. But when two years were fulfilled, Felix was succeeded by Portius Festus, and desiring to gain favor with the Jews, Felix left Paul in bonds. That is the end of chapter 24. This chapter has some nice details about the court proceedings, including everything from Tutulus's pompous lying to Paul's straightforward and cheerful rebuttal. As Paul states, it is also easily refuted. It would be laughable if Paul wasn't defending his life. So this is not just about a difference of interpretation of the Law and the Prophets. This is a murderous corruption. Matthew Henry makes the point of how completely unpriestly it is for Ananias, the high priest, to abandon the temple for this particular pursuit. And they certainly, Ananias and his lawyer, orator Tertullus, were certainly not judging according to God's Old Testament law. They seem to hope to sway Felix by how many people are willing to lie about Paul. In fact, if you look at the historical record, Felix himself was fairly corrupt, so it might not have been far off the mark. We know, since we have already been told the true account in previous chapters, how much they are lying. In verse 9, it says the Jews joined in the attack. So here we have an example of majority does not make right. And we'll run into that in a couple of chapters later when we're talking about the shipwreck that goes on. But here, Paul speaks for himself, which I wonder if that was the way of things or if he was just such a good speaker, he chose to do it himself. And true to form, he makes sure to include the gospel of Jesus Christ, claiming the high ground that the law and the prophets support his teaching, his claims. In verse 16, he mentions again, having a good conscience toward God and men. Since we also know that he says he is the chief of sinners, it is clear that he is only speaking of being in correct standing before God, having repented as necessary, and he is ready for judgment because he stands under the blood of Christ. He'll bring up judgment for Felix and Drusilla later in verse 25. It is interesting how it mentions, how Luke mentions in verse 22, that Felix had a more exact knowledge concerning the way. The New King James Version says it as accurate knowledge concerning the way. Yet we see that Felix is still conflicted, hoping for bribery, even though he understands that Paul is innocent. He and his wife, Drusilla, are attracted to the truth, but Felix, it says, is terrified by the judgment part, which indicates that he understood his guilt as a sinner, but still wasn't willing to risk his position by choosing faith. We don't know for sure what happened after that, but here in this setting, he is still more concerned with worldly things like money. It makes me wonder at his thought processes. Felix is terrified of judgment by from God, but he's seeking unjust bribes. It just doesn't seem logical to me. Regarding Drusilla, this is her second marriage. Matthew Henry again points out that she is the third daughter, according to historical records, the third daughter of Herod Agrippa I, who we heard about being eaten by worms in Acts 12.23 for his pride and being accepting praise as a god. And she is also the sister of Agrippa II, whom we will hear about in Acts 26. 
That is Acts chapter 26. Verse 26 of this chapter, chapter 24, says Felix sent for Paul often over the following two years. Another thing I wonder is who else heard Paul's preaching during these conversations? I am hopeful that others believed on the name of Jesus Christ. Felix may have meant it all for weak and selfish reasons, including wanting bribery, but God used it to let Paul spread the gospel. It is quite possible that this got the gospel to the ears of people who would not have heard otherwise. As I consider the tone in which Paul answered, I am reminded of what my attitude should be when sharing the hope of salvation. First, there is no need for me to be personally defensive or offended when someone else doesn't believe or might even lie about me because they are offended by the gospel. Another person's response to the truth of the gospel has no bearing on it being the truth or our standing in the truth. Their disbelief does not disqualify the truth or our sharing of it. Second, Paul did not accuse his enemies of anything other than things that were automatically apparent by comparing their lies to the truth of the situation as he was telling it. Simply by stating the facts, they were shown to be liars with intent to be murder. His case was not based on first impugning their character or intent. They did that themselves. Three, Paul did not shy away from or water down the issues to make a favorable impression. Four, Paul was concerned about the gospel first throughout. Five, while he opened with a respectful um, greeting to Felix, he didn't have the flattery that Tertullus did. He didn't think of Felix more highly than he ought to be thought of. He knew that Felix was just a man in need of salvation. And sixth, Paul spoke fervently, but with self-control. And lastly, I'll just put this on the timeline as we know it. Uh, the Roman records place Felix's last two years from AD 58 to 60. Uh, AD 60 is when Festus comes to take over that position. So that's when this is all happening for Paul. That's all for today. Thanks for listening. That is the Bible News Press segment for today, but not the end of our journey. 